recording, beautiful. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Haral Vanon Tesh Obe Torah, Daf Yom Yishur. Today's Daf, Daf Ayin Tet, will begin on Ayin Chet, at the two dots in the middle of the page. Tana. We learned in a Brayta. Kama Keshen Muxin. How big is this receipt that you get from the tax collectors? So the Brighter says it's two letters. That's all it is. Two letters in Hebrew is enough. I'll ask a contradiction. If you take out niyar um, chalak, which is um, paper that is smooth with nothing written on it, blank paper. Okay, and it sounds like over there that it's our letters. The first writer sounds like it was and ours sounds like it's um, Jewish letters. When we said in the in the second brayta, it was talking about Greek ones also. That's the answer of Rosh Hashanah. No. So he's telling you that really it's talking about two letters of our size. The, the Hebrew letters are smaller than Greek letters, but it also includes a, bl- a blank place on the paper, a blank place on the paper for you to put your, uh, you, to hold it and, and not be, hold, be putting your finger directly on the letters. And the, with that blank place that you could hold it, it equals up to two, two Greek letters. So it comes out that two Greek letters or two Hebrew letters with a blank place equals the same thing, and therefore there's no contradiction. We just got out of the problem. That's Rubber's way out of the problem. So again, Rav Sheshit had said that they're both talking about Roman letters or Greek letters. And Rav says one talking about Greek letters and one talking about a handle. TV, we're going to ask a question on Rav. Okay? It says, if you, bar, if you carry out on Shabbat a paper that is erased, or you... Now, when you... When paper got erased, you can't write anything new on it. Okay? Or star parua means if you find a a loan document, a star parua that's paid. If you find a, a loan document that's paid. Im yes biluban If on the white part of the thing, meaning the white part of the document, you could write two letters, or if they take the whole thing, we'll, be, we'll have enough that we can put it over a small, you can use it as a, as a cover or stopper for a small, um, a small uh, utensil. Shall platine that, uh, of, uh, of persimmon oil. Persimmon oil is very, very strong, so the bottles are very small. Chayab. If it's big enough to use like that, then you chayav because you carried something significant. It's, you, you, it's a usable item. You can either write two letters on the white part of it, or 
you could put it in your in your thing. Now, bishlam alav sheshetemar ma'ishel ma'ishel tiyotzukeshen mochsin shapir. I understand according to Rav Sheshet because he says he's talking about Greek letters, so we understand that if there's room to write two letters of keshen mochsin, you're good. El Rava da'ama otiyotidan. According to Rav, who's saying talking about our letters, ubetachiza. Dehainu, and when you talk about bet achiza, dehainu has to be the size of the keshe muxin. Hacha bet achiza lo tzarich. Meaning, if we're talking about the place has to be big enough to hold the keshe muxin, to hold the Greek letters, the, the place that you're holding, hacha bet achiza lo tzarich. You don't need such a big spot. You could use a small letter. Right? Why? Why would you need a bet achiza in this in this case? Because you could always hold the other side, right? After all, in this case we're talking about the we're talking about a document that has something written on it and has a blank spot. We said the blank spot is a certain size; it's good. Now, according to the rabbi who says that you write on the whole paper, so I understand as long as the blank spot is big enough, it's good. But according to the rabbi who says we're using. Uh, Jewish letters and a blank spot on a on a document like this, where we're using a ready used document, you don't need a place to hold it because you can always hold it on the used parts, on the part that's already written on. So therefore, it makes no sense to say that you need a place to hold. According to the rabbi, since talking about Greek letters and never mentions anything about holding, so we understand why you need a place to hold. But over here, why would you need a place to hold? Good, Kasha, the Gemara ends off, you're right. It's a question on Rava. Okay. Tanu Rabbanan. We learned it about the one dot. Hamotzi Keshet, Tanu Rabbanan, Hamotzi Keshet Muxim, if you take out a document for taxes, if you took it out before you showed it to the tax collector, Chayat, once you showed it to the tax collector, patur ya patur. If you let's say you paid the tax and you already showed your receipt to the tax collector. So according to Tanakama, once you showed this receipt to the tax collector, he knows you paid. And therefore, you can really throw in the garbage. And since you can really throw in the garbage, you're patur for carrying it out. It's like an old receipt that you don't need. Right? There's no need for it. Guy found, he found, a, a guy finds a gas receipt in his pocket. So if he's saving his gas receipts for something, because he wants to get paid from the, back from his office for uh, his expenses, okay, so then he needs it. It's important to him. But it's nothing. He just wants to, looking for a garbage can to throw it in. So then he's patur. He's not going to bring a korban because he doesn't need it. So Tanakama says, you showed it to the guy already. Chalas. It's, it's your patur if you carried it. Uvida says, even if you showed it, you chayav because you still need it. My binayu, what are they arguing about? Why does they still need it if you already showed it to the guy? Says, the difference between them is if people keep, keep them to show them to the, to, the, to, the, to the runners of the tax collector. It seems like the tax collectors used to have runners. 
and the runners would go and check people, something like on the bus. Uh, you know, now they have the special city buses that everyone has to keep your receipt when you're on the bus. They have this now in Kings Highway already. You paid before, and while you're on the bus, they have this on the trains in Israel also. While you're on the bus, we don't we don't ask you. We don't we don't ask you. Because you get on the bus, we don't care. We assume you paid. Somebody comes and he checks and he give you a ticket if you didn't pay. So they have these runners. They have these runners who come and check to make sure that everyone paid. Now, you don't really need to deal with the runner because if the runner bothers you, you could always go back to the IRS guy and he says, oh, no, I saw him. He paid already, right? But do people save it so they don't have to bother dealing with the runners? Just show it to them and that's it. Or do we say, I'll chuck it. And if anything, if I ever see a runner, no problem. I'll just uh, deal with the IRS guy and he'll know I paid. So one Tanakama says, no one saves them. They chuck them, and if they run or catch them, they deal with the guy. And reviewers says, no, people save them. They don't, want to, they, want, they don't want to hassle with the runners. Okay? So the difference between them is whether or not a guy wants to deal with this runner guy. Are we good? Yep. Is that clear, Mark? Yeah. It seems like to me, uh, I would keep it if there were, yeah, if we're gonna, runners coming after me. What? I would keep the receipt if there were runners going around checking to me personally. You keep the you keep the proof. Well, well, I don't know how often runners come. It could be that they're very very infrequent, and when they come, it's not the biggest deal to go back to the IRS guy and say, "Hi, you remember I, I paid the guy says, yeah, go, go, go. So, and you're, you're saving the thing. Some people do, some people don't. You know, it depends on what kind. Of, if you're a paper saver, or you're you're a chucker. There's some people who are, you know, don't send me the receipt. My my account will call you. I don't know. They don't want to deal with it, right? You know? And other people are very uh, paper-saving people. They, they have a pocket full of papers. Depends what kind of guy you are. Okay, now that's one answer. We're going to have a whole bunch of different answers as well. Rav Amar, no. Moches gadol u moches katan The machloket is when you have a big tax collector and a small tax collector, which means sometimes the big tax collector hires a sub-tax collector. Right, and he's this guy stands by the bridge all day, and the guy who has the star, he shows he doesn't have to pay the thing. He could show it to the to the to the guy in his house, and Uda says, "Listen, the guy's gonna watch it because he also wants to show it to the small guy. It doesn't bother him." But Tanakama holds, "No, he's not gonna watch it because because usually the the big guy gives him the code." the password so he can pass over the bridge, right? In other words, you can use the password to go over the bridge, or you can show with him, and then for sure he has to let you on. Some say he keeps it, doesn't want to deal with the guy. And others say, no, he used the password, and that's it. That's Rava's explanation of the Machloket. The Machloket is even if there's one, even if there's one guy, let's say there's no two guys, Okay. The guy saves it because next year when the tax collector comes around and he starts and he, he catches you and says, hey, Irv, you have to pay your taxes. Don't you care about the king? So you take out your receipt and say, look, I pay my taxes every year. Look, one, two, three, four. Come on. All right, I'm very good. Now, what do you want to pay? And you negotiate much better when he sees that you're an honest guy. And therefore, he's saving it according to Rav Ashi, 
he's saving it not because not because he needs to uh, use it this year. Just it's good to have in your records, like Mark's saying. Save the receipts. You never know. Good to save. What's the big deal? It takes a little room. Okay. Tanu Rabbanan. Hamotzi shkarchov ad Okay? If a guy takes out a shkarchov before he paid it, he's chayav. So if a guy who carries on Shabbat a shkarchov that was unpaid, then you're chayav. Because that's something you need, like we said. It's a needed thing. It hasn't been paid yet. Okay? Chayav. Like a credit card bill. What? Is that like card? Like a credit card bill, possibly. Right. Like, let's say that an unpaid pay. credit card bill. Or an unpaid, unpaid uh, 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 IOU. Something like that. Right? So if a guy goes on something like that, what's Talakha? So if it's unpaid, you have. But if it's pre already paid, then Patur. Who needs it? It's already paid. It's, it's old history. Because he needs it. Now, why does he need it? Oh, again, we got a couple of questions. What do you need it for? Don't tell me about tax collectors this time. Because this is just a loan document, Irving. This is not tax collectors, toll collectors, runners, uh, next year's bills. This is just a, a loan. Loan and paid. Tell us. What are you saying? My benayu. Amr Yosef. Whether you're not allowed to keep in your house a star parua, which means the following. Some rabbis hold that once the loan has been paid, the lender is forbidden to keep the document in his house. This is because he might forget that it's paid and recollect on the same item. So according to this, Hahanim, hold that you must throw it in the garbage as soon as it's paid because we are afraid we don't trust your memory when the guy gets old or maybe his kids when he dies they see it and his guy dies suddenly and his kids go through his papers and they say oh we didn't know that so and so owes daddy money they go to try to collect it no no we paid we paid oh sure you paid I've heard a hundred stories like this yeah right and meanwhile, so therefore, some say, some hahanim say, of course, and therefore, since you're not allowed to have it, Rabbanan Sabi, and therefore, since you're not allowed to have it, you have to throw it out. It's a piece of garbage. And therefore, in Achayav, if you carry it on Shabbat, because it's garbage. Okay? He holds you allowed to hold it. And since you're allowed to hold it, so you could use it maybe to serve your kid Majenda, right? Or some other some other use around the house. Because you're allowed, he holds you allowed to keep it. And therefore, since it might have another use, he holds you chayab, even though, according to Rabbi Yosef, that's what they're arguing about. Whether or not you're allowed to keep a shtar parwa. Cool. Right? Again, that's Abaya. Answer number two. Oh no, that was a real answer. Answer number two is if you're a student, Abaya. Abaya Amar, Yikula Masula Shotchta Parua. Nana. Both Tanakama and Rabbi Yuda agree it's forbidden to hold the Shta Parua in your house. Everyone agrees. The Hacha. And here, the Mode Bishtar Shikat Bishatrikli Kaimo Kamiflik. The Machloket is if the Love agrees 
that the star was written, but disputes the fact that it's still valid, which means as follows. Let's say uh, Suvi lends Irving $100, okay? And they write a star, okay? And now, afterwards, Suvi comes to collect, and Irving says, listen, it's true that I borrowed money. And it's also true that that is the star. Subi, the star that she was holding is the star that I signed because I borrowed $100. What's not true is the following. What's not true is that I paid already. So yes, it's a true star. Yes, that's my handwriting. Yes, that's my signature. No, I paid already. Is he believed or not? You still need him to admit that it's true. And since he claims that it's paid, he can't collect it. And therefore, you can't do anything with it. So, so what? Once, therefore, once it's paid, if he claims it's paid, it's not worth anything. If you admit that it's true, then you don't have to you don't, then you don't need the guy to admit that it's true in order to pay. If you admit that the star was true, then you don't have to, you, you can ignore the guy's claim that he paid. And therefore, if you ignore it, if you can ignore it, it's usable again. Since it's usable again, Since it's usable again, it's asura to carry it out. What does it mean? If so, why does the bright to say before you paid it? It's not before you paid it. Right? The guy didn't pay. After you paid. What does that mean? That means it means, it doesn't mean till you paid it. When the bright says that you're allowed to carry it once you paid it, it means once you said you paid it. And Meaning, once you once the lover said I paid it already, since he's believed, it's garbage. And when he when we said before he paid, it means when the lover says I didn't pay it. Okay, I think I lost you guys. I see a lot of blind stairs again. The Mishnah had said, Mishnah had said that if the guy paid already, then you're allowed to carry to Tanakama. and if he didn't pay. Then you're not. Then you're not allowed to carry it. Now, according to what we're saying now, when we say if he paid already, it means if he says I paid that already. Because once the lover says I paid that, then the star is garbage. Okay, but if okay, but if the when when, when the writer says and if it's not paid yet, it means when the lover admits I didn't pay, then the star is of course worth something. Because then you can use it to collect, and that's why you're not allowed to carry it on Shabbat. Okay. His intentions when he carries it on Shabbat is that it's a good contract. So what do you care what the Lovet said? Because what, so according to this rabbi, the rabbi who lets you carry it is only one. Only again, the Brayta only doesn't let Rabbi Yehuda never lets carry it. Rabbanan let carrying it in Parati if I paid already. So according to this, when we say Parati, it means when the Lovet said I paid it. Since the Lovez said I paid it, there's no way for the Malvin to collect it because you, need, you still need the guy to admit that, that it's still true. And then what is the star for? According to that rabbi, what's the point of the star if you need the Lovez to admit? 
Stars oh. useless. Okay, you're asking a very good question. Subi, I'm glad to see that even though you're not, we don't see your face, that you're still paying attention. It's wonderful. Thank you. That's the question of the Rishonim. So the Rishonim are asking Subi's question. If no one would have asked it, I would have ignored it. But Subi's here, so we cannot ignore it. The Rishonim asks, what do you mean? There's another way to get the money. Just get the Edim to come and say, this is our signature. And who cares if the Lovet doesn't admit to it? You only, you only need the Lovet to admit to it if the Edim are not here. But had the Edim been here, the Edim come, they verify their signatures, and the Lovet could yell, scream, I paid, I paid, I paid. He could go take that all the way to the bank while he withdraws the money because he's going to have to pay. So, so why are we claiming, what do you mean, that star is not worth anything because the Lovet said I paid it already. Well, that's only true if there's no witnesses. But if there's witnesses, like Subi says, then the witnesses are able to make the guy pay. What do you think? What's the point of a star anyway for? Right? Is the, what's a star for if the guy's get, if you need the guy to admit? Is that a little bit your question, uh, Yaya? Yeah. So Tosfot says we're talking about a case here where the witnesses who signed are dead. Oh. You're right. If the witnesses who signed are alive, you're right. You're, no one will let you carry, according to this. We're talking about a case where the witnesses are dead. So therefore, the only way you can get the money is if the, according to Tanakama, is if the lover agrees. According to Rebuni, you can always get the money anyway, because once he agrees the star is true, you can get the money. Okay? Got it. Okay, beautiful. That's the answer of Abaya. Rava, also a student of Yosef Amar. Everyone agrees that if the guy admits, you still need to admit it's true. Here the machlokin is, do we make the guy write a receipt? Which means the following. Understand that there's two options in paying up a loan. Let's say we got the same example. Irving goes to be to Subi, borrows 100 bucks and writes an IOU to Subi. So Subi is in possession of Irving's IOU. Now it's two months later. Here comes Irving on the due date. Knocks on Subi's door on Avenue O. Here's my $100. Can I please have back my IOU? Subi says, the IOU, my daughter ate it yesterday. I'm so sorry, but don't worry. I'll write you a receipt. Now Irving says, well, that's very nice of you, Yair, but I'm afraid that, that won't do. Because if you ever come up with that receipt, let's say your daughter spits it up or something like that, or your daughter didn't eat it really with the dog and you put it on the thing and you find, you find the receipt. And one day your kids are going to see it. They're going to come collect from me. So, well, so, so he says, don't worry. You have my receipt. I have, I'll sign the receipt that you paid. Everybody says, yes, but now you're requiring me to store this receipt forever. I have to store for the next 80 years. I have to store this receipt just in case your kids come up with the thing. I don't agree. I'm not paying you till you find my IOU so I can rip it up. Then I'll feel comfortable. Subi says, what do you mean? You, knew, you admit you borrowed the money. Yes, I admit, but I ain't paying because I don't want to store receipts. You think I have a fault to store receipts? Now you want me to go pay a guy? I'm not interested. Give me back my promissory note or Alamak, I'm not paying you. When you find it, I'll pay. I admit to the loan. But I don't want to store receipts. Make sense, Yair? I uh, hear. Okay. 
So again, says, you could force a guy to write a receipt. And since you could force the guy to write a receipt, therefore the item is still worth money. Right? And therefore the guy's gonna end up paying. And that's it. He said, you don't write it, which means you can't force the guy to accept it. Right? You, I can make you give me the star. And therefore, since you have to give me the star, therefore, it's always worth money. So in other words, according to Yehuda, uh, uh, you need that star. Since you need that star to get the money, of course you can't carry it. But according to Tanakama, I can make you take, take a receipt. So therefore, the star is not so important to me. You understand? So Tanakama, it's not important the star. I can make you get the money. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's important because you can't get the money without it, and therefore you can never carry the receipt. Is that clear? You can never carry the star. Irving, did I did I get did you? Did I, look, you look lost. You good, Mark? Okay. Rav Ashi Amar. Rav Ashi has his own answer. He says, no, you know why it's important? Even after it's paid, it's important. You know why? Because if Yehuda says, because Irving wants to keep the star. You know why Irving wants the star after it's paid? I'll tell you. Because when Irving goes to Mark and says, I'd like to borrow 100 bucks, and Mark says, I'm sorry, Irving. I only know you for a week on Rabbi Haber's class. I can't lend you any money. Irving says, look, I borrowed it from Subi, Subi and I got it back. And I paid him. Look, I have it back. So Irving wants to store all his, pay, his promissory notes because then if he shows them to Mark, he'll say, okay, you paid all these guys back. Okay, here's 100 bucks. It's worth a try to risk it on a guy like this who paid so many people back. So according to Ravashi, he says, I need it. Irving is saving them for the purpose of showing a new uh, possi- possible uh, lender. According okay. To that, right. Who would be asked to carry it? Irving or the mother? Well, either one, because Once if, it has Irving to be wants, if Irving wants it, I think either one, because I think if Irving wants it, it still has a value. Well, the value is for Irving, not for me. Correct. So to me, it's valueless, so I should be able to carry it then. Yeah, there are other rabbis who are disagreeing with this this pirush that we told you because of this problem that it's the we were talking all along that the Malva is carrying carrying out the star. Now it right. looks like Lovea is carrying out the star. Yeah, there are those who are disagreeing with that. But we're learning it this way. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's see the story. Baimine Rava Merav Nachman. Rava answered Nachman the following question. Hamotzi or Bekama. When a guy is carrying out leather on Shabbat. How much we said before, you have to be able to make, uh, in the Mishnah we said, that carrying out leather was to be 
the size of a case for a kamiya. Seems like when a guy would wear a kamiya, he would also have a case around the kamiya. And the case was often made out of leather. I guess it was the most durable uh, material to be used. And therefore, says the Gemara, that we had said that if you carry out enough leather to make a case, you're going to be chayav. So the Gemara wants to know if you rovers or not, but if you carry out uh, leather, which is already worked out, how much do you have to take? Uh, so Amalei told him back, check the Mishnah. In order to make a kamiya. So what's your question? She asked another question. What about Hama'abidot? How what if a guy is not carrying leather? He's taking unprocessed leather and he is processing. How much processing, how much leather could you process in order to be chayav? Separate question. Nothing to do with carrying. Now the question is processing leather. How much you have to be you have to have to be chayav? You can't see my face, can you? Hold on, this is better. Uh, Sorry, guys. iPhones is not as good as computer. Is that better? Not really. Still, only, still, only. Can you see my whole face? Okay. Okay. So, you ready? Okay. So he says, how much? How much? We're not talking anymore about carrying now. Now he switches and he says, what about processing leather? How much leather is that? He says the same thing, same size, the size to put a kamiya in. Is what about le abdo? Which means, what if I'm carrying unprocessed leather and I'm going to process it? It's unprocessed leather I'm going to process, and I'm carrying that. Now, what's the law? Amale, loshna. Is that same thing again? Size of kamiya, right? So far, all three cases was the size of Kamiya. Rabbi was not happy. You with us? Unprocessed leather is the same size as processed leather. It's probably bigger. That's what they said. What are you asking? Should be bigger? It should be. Unprocessed is probably thicker or whatever bigger. They beat it down, no? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but they're saying that whatever size it was, let's say it's a six centimeters for, for, to cover Kamiya, same six centimeters of unprocessed leather is the same size. Even though it might be thicker, but it's the same diameter and width. Oh, diameter. Okay. Ask the Gemara, Umina Temra, how could I, how could you prove such a rule that there's no difference whether it's worked or not worked? Kiditanan, I'll prove it from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Hamla Ben, let's say you're whitening wool. Minapets or your combing wool, tovea or your dyeing wool, tovea or your spinning wool, shiur or what's the shiur? Kimale rochav hasit kaful. The size that you need, right, 
is like the the measure, the measurement is the full width of a seat. Okay, the full width width of a seat is the is the side size of it's a piece of your loom, right? The haurek, the haurek, and if you're weaving shnechutin, if you're weaving two strings, shirok it's the same thing. Alma, we see. Since you're planning to weave it, the shiur is the same. Hachanami here too. Since you're planning to tan the leather, it doesn't make a difference. It's all the same shiur, the size of a kamiya. Just like over there, it made no difference by weaving, whether it was already weaved or you're going to weave it. It's the same thing. So too here, it's the same thing. Now he asked another question. He says, what about Shilola Abdo? What if you have unprocessed leather and you're not planning to, weave, to, to process it at all? Before we had unprocessed leather that you're planning to process. Now we have unprocessed leather that you're not planning to process. Is that different? Amaleh. So Nachman answers him again. Loshna, no difference. Now he gets challenged. Is there no difference? Whether you're planning to tan it or not going to tan it, eight way is the question from a brighter. If you take spices that are shiruim, which have been soaked already, so the spices we use to dye, and or, or, or the herbs we use to dye, and once they've been soaked, you can get the color out of them. Okay, how much do you have to take out? Enough, enough to dye a, a swatch to show somebody. Okay? Le'ira, which is for a bobbin. So a guy, if a guy, when a guy was in the market, if you're a dyer, not a, not a guy, a killer, a dyer, a guy who's dyeing uh, wool, okay? And you're in the marketplace. Somebody says, oh, you have a nice red dye. I have a beautiful dye. Give me a little piece of thread, and I dye it to show you the color that I have. Right? That's called a sample. I'm giving you a sample. So if you have enough, if you carry enough spices that are soaked in order to, in order to dye a sample, okay? When it comes to the non-soaked herbs, we learn if you have nut husks and pomegranate peels, sitimapua, safflower, madder, all these different types of, of uh, dyes. You have to do the small cloth which is on top of a woman's hat, which is much bigger than what we said before. So we see the difference in whether they're soaked or not. You see there's a difference whether you're planning to do it or not. How can you say it's the same? Yes, they want no, that's not an answer. We said about it, because if your herbs were not soaked, no one's going to go through the hassle of soaking your herbs in order to do anything uh, to do a sample. Meaning, if I have herbs that are already soaked, so I'll make a sample for you. 
If you come to me and say, hey, give me a sample, I'm not, like when you go to the ice cream store, yeah, can I taste the Rocky Road? That's the only one that goes by the way. If I, can I taste the, 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 the Ch Cherry Garcia? Okay, gives you a taste. But if he's not gonna open a brand new one for you to taste the Cherry Garcia, if he's not open, he'll give you a taste. Over here also, when you, if the guy's got already soaked uh, stuff, so you, you give him a thing, you give him a thread, he'll dye it for you. But if it's not soaked yet, if he's not going to do something the size of a woman's hat, he's not going to do it. And therefore, don't compare that to the leather, because over here there's a special reason why the guy, because the guy won't bother to do it. But don't compare it to leather. Leather is all the same. Okay? Beautiful. Okay. Says me, my brother. Beautiful. So Rav has another question. What about seeds for a garden? Okay. Before you plant them, we learned in the Mishnah, the seeds for a garden, if you take out a little bit less than a dried fig. That's according to Tanakama. Take out five seeds, you're ready, which is much less than, less than a garden. But once you planted it, it says, If you take out the fertilizer or you take out the thin sand, if you have enough to fertilize a stalk of cabbage, so we see that even though even though you see that a stalk is considered enough once it's planted, but beforehand, you need to have a, a lot. You need to have five. We need to have enough for a full a dry fig. So you see there's a difference. So therefore, also by the, by the untanned leather, we should say there's a difference too. Why are you saying it's all the same? Answer the question, no. Ha'it we learned already. Amra Papa, ha'dizriya, ha'dinozriya. When we said, when... The two things one talking about was planted. How goes there? One when we said the, the first Mishnah was talking about when it wasn't planted yet. No one will take out one seed for planting. People will take out a bunch of seeds for planting, but to, 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 when you're planting something, one seed doesn't mean anything, right? When you have it planted already, it doesn't mean anything at all. Okay, beautiful. Third question of Rabbi. What about clay? Before you needed the clay, we said, we said, this is already, we saw this in pre, a few pages ago, that um, wastewater, water that's, that's garbage, is only good for making clay. No one would use it for anything else. You won't even use it to wash laundry. But you'll use it to make clay. And we said, how much wastewater do you have to carry out? We said, a rivi'it. A rivi'it of wastewater. We asked the question. We had this before. What's, what, what is wastewater good for? To make teeth. Right? But after it's needed, we said, the amount of teeth you have to take out is the amount that you want to make a, a lip for your oven, which is much less than you can make with the rivi'it of water. 
So we have a question. How come when you have to take out the water, you need a full river eat? And once you made it already, it's much less. You see that once it's made, it has a different shiur. So too by the leather, which asks the same question. That once it's already already tanned, it should have a stricter shiur than if it's not tanned. You with me? Same question. So it's no. Over there also, like we said, if a guy already has ready-made clay, yes, yeah, so you'll make it's it, it's it's enough of a job to make a lip of a oven. But you're not going to first start making clay and kneading clay to make a lip of oven. If you have a bigger job, like if you eat, you will. But otherwise, you won't need clay. Good. Like we said with the ice cream case, again, no one's going to go open the ice cream thing to give you a taste. You make an order, you order a large, okay. Otherwise, no. Okay, Tashma, another proof. There's three types of leather. Matzah, and That you didn't put salt on it, you didn't put flour on it, and you didn't put gold nuts on it. How much? You have to wrap a small weight in. A weight is a little weight that you put on the scale. If you could, a leather that's small. People used to wrap their weights in leather. If you're honest, you wrap your weights in leather because leather prevents it from getting chipped or scratched. If your weight gets chipped or scratched, you're cheating your customers because they come to buy a pound of something. You put your one pound weight on one side of the scale. They buy a pound and not to the other side, but they're not getting a pound because they think they're chipped. So they used to wrap their weights in leather. So if you have a leather that was not treated with salt, flour, and gold nuts, then it's, you need a size to wrap a small weight in. Okay? The comma, how's the small weight? I'm going to buy it. A quarter of a quarter of a leaf of pumpadita. If you already put salt in it, but you didn't put the flour or the gold nuts, I guess that's the, the, the next steps of tanning the hide, is, is salt, flour, gold nuts. If you, did, if you only did the salt, then then it's the way to make a kamiya. If you put the salt in the flour, but not the gold nuts, how much? You have, to, you have to have enough to write a get. Which is very, very small. So you see that the more it gets better, the more it's getting better, the more it's getting processed, the smaller the shiur is getting. We started off saying to wrap a small one. And then he says, that's a real little pomodita, which is much bigger than the other one. You see, it's not the same. Or well, he says, no. Hatam bibishula. When we said about the matzah beforehand, that's talking about something that's still wet and it can't be tanned. You're right. But, what, but if it's dry, which you can tan, you look at the same, which means it seems like there's wet leather and dry leather. Wet leather is untannable. That's why it has the biggest shiur. But dry leather, since it's tannable, has the same shoe, and therefore it's not a question. Okay? 
Last challenge. Ratanan, we learned in the Mishnah, the size of a beged to be tameh is three by three fingers, three by three tefachim. Hasak, if you have sackcloth, we saw this before. Haod, if it's leather, it's five by five tefachim. Mapats, if it's a mat, six by six. Bend the midges, bend the mitt. The tiny that we learned in the Brighta, the size of the the size of the So you see, the leather has to be five by five. That's much bigger than the Mishnah. Obviously, one's talking about untied leather and the untanned leather, and the other is not tied leather. In other words, like this. In our Mishnah, we said it's the size of a Kamiya. This Brita says it's five by five, and the same Shi'ur for, for Tum'ah is the Shi'ur of carrying it out. So it comes that the carrying is five by five. Our Mishnah says much less than five by five. Why? Must be the answer is because our Mishnah, which is the smallest shear, is because it's already ten. And this this one is talking about untanned. So you see there is a difference between untanned and tanned. So the Gemara no. The Mishnah, which is the big one, is talking about boiled leather. Once you boil leather, it's only good for furniture. And therefore you have to have a bigger size. But regular leather could be used for anything, and therefore it's the same as untanned leather. Beautiful. Okay, we're now at the top of Ayintet Amubet. Says the Gemara as follows. Okay. Says the Gemara. When we said parchment, it has to be enough to write a small piece, a, a small parasha on it. If it's klav or duchtesus, okay. Okay. Uh, what's duchtesus is like, is the gavil that we have. You ever see some people have their Megillahs on very, very soft um, leather. You ever see these type of things, the guys with the very, very soft leather Megillahs? That I believe they call it Duchtasus. Okay? And cloth is cloth. Cloth is our cloth outside. How much do you have to carry? Enough to write a whole mezuzah. Now, mezuzah, you go and leave my phone, okay? Thank you, Yax. Thank you, Yaakov. Have fun. Take care. Get your keeper. Here's one. Want this one? Yeah. Keeper? Yeah. You're taking your glasses? You can leave your glasses here. Yeah. You can leave them here. Go. No, no. You don't need them. Why? Home? If you want. Home. Come back tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we have a question. Our Mishnah says... Klav was to write only Pasha Kitana, and this writer is saying that you need to write a whole mezuzah. Mezuzah has got Shema and Vayayim Shamoa. And we said just Shema. My mezuzah? Mezuzah Shem We're talking about a, a mezuzah that's in the Tefillin, which means it's the same thing as the Tefillin. It seems like you could call one parasha, one of the, in, in the, in the Rosh, there's four different Scrolls, right? 
And one of them, the smallest one, says only Shema. Now, it seems like each one of the scrolls in the Shalrosh could be called a Mezuzah. And therefore, we'll say that when we say Mezuzah, we're not talking Mezuzah, Mezuzah that goes on your door. We're talking about the Mezuzah, which is the scroll, it's in your Tiflin case. And therefore, it's saying the exact same thing as Amishnah. Okay? The Mezuzah? Does ever, do you ever see the rabbis in the Brita called Tiflin and Mezuzah? Mezuzah means Mezuzah on the door. Where do you ever see the word Mezuzah referring to a piece of Tiflin? In, yes, we saw it. Vahatanya, which this, this Vahatanya is not a question. This Vahatanya is a proof. Sometimes the word Vahatanya is Benichuta, which means not a question. Okay? Vahatanya, the Tzuot Tipilin, Ima Tipilin, the straps Tipilin are attached to Tipilin, Mitamot Etehadayim, then your hands get Tameh. If the Hatzmanas, the Shrems by themselves, not attached, and with them, then they don't make your hands tamer. Okay? Uh, just to explain what's going on over here. The Chachamin made a Gizera, that anyone who, touch, who touches a cloth, which is a scroll, because, and hands become tamer for Tinumah. And you can't touch Tinumah. One of those things are the tefillin, because tefillin have in it, tefillin have in it uh, a cloth with, with writing on it, so therefore they got tamer. So we're discussing, and the rabbi said it, they said the straps of tefillin, if they're attached to tefillin, then when they make your hand tamer. If they're not attached, then they don't. Beautiful. So the cloth from the Sefer Torah can make you tamer? For tefillin. Because they love the rabbis. The rabbis are afraid that if we don't, if we don't do this, people used to store their food uh, next to the Sefer Torah because they felt like it was a holy, holy place. And it caused mice to come next to the Sefer Torah and wow. end up lawlando eating at the Sefer Torah. So in order to cause the problems, the rabbis said that, that the Sefer Torah makes you tamer, and you have to wash your hands afterwards in order that you don't, people, to avoid people doing that. In order to keep it, in order to keep it, um, Across the board, so they didn't make they didn't differentiate between tefillin where they can't really get to and sefer Torah where they can get to, and they just made it across the board, and it makes you tamer. Okay. If you touch the strap, until you touch the actual boxes. He says unless you touch the scroll inside. This is the three machloket. One rabbi says. If you touch the strap while it's connected, you're tamer. Next rabbi says, no, you have to touch the box. And Ruzira says, no, you have to touch the mezuzah inside. Oh, so we see that they're calling the piece inside the mezuzah. Oh, so you see that it's true. It could be, it could be referring to a mezuzah because you saw that Ruziri calls what's inside the mezuzah. Is that clear? Yep. Good. But what about the safe of the brighter which says, if the safe for that writer says that when talking about cloth, you have to be enough to take out the smallest thing of tefillin, which is Shema Yisrael, it sounds like the beginning, when it doesn't mention that, we're talking about a real mezuzah. 
זאת אומרת, החיטן. קלח ודוכתמיס שיעורם בכמה. משנה שרייס יש לי כזה. קלח, יש הדין. קלח ודוכתמיס, מה זה שיעור? דוכתמיס, כרוב מזוזה, תראה לי מזוזה. קלח, כרוב פרשה קטנה של דמינים, ראש השוואי ישראל. כן? This is talking about touching tefillin on Shabbat, is it like tefillin mukzen, or Rabbi? Normal? No, not talking about Shabbat. This is in general to whether... Um, no, you know, hold on. We're not talking about carrying the actual tefillin. We're talking about carrying the, the cloth. Size. Sometimes if you get it, uh, when I did my son, the alcohol tefillin, all the kids tefillin, I got the parashiot in my hand before I got the tefillin, right? And you show them to the kids, it's nice. You'll see it before, yeah. inshallah, before you get your son, you'll do it also. I recommend yeah. it. So um, we're talking about the scroll beforehand. And we're, not, we're talking about cloth. We're talking about if a guy carries cloth outside, how much are you chayav? You chayav if you have a piece of cloth big enough to write the smallest yeah. parashat to Okay? Now, we have, the problem is we have a different writer which says you have to write in the Zuzah. We're trying to get out of it. We're saying they chayav only when you carry out a mezuzah. Mezuzah is much bigger than the smallest cloth of tefillin. We're getting out of it by saying, no, a mezuzah means this. But then we ask, what do you mean? It's not true. It's not a mezuzah. You see that it's one of two different things. Where it says, no, it's two, there's a heading. The heading is, cloth and duchemis. How much is it? Duchemis is a mezuzah. And cloth is the rightest parashat Okay. Beautiful. Now, once we're talking about this, we're going to discuss Tuchtemis and Klaf. Amarav, Tuchtemis Harehuk Klaf. Tuchtemis is actually Klaf. Esma, Mike, Mike, Klaf, Kotvimav, Tepilin. Abduchtemis, Kotvimav, Tepilin. Just like you can write Tepilin on Klaf, Abduchtemis, you can write on Tepilin. Is that true? Tanaan, didn't we learn to the right That sounds like cloth in Duchtemis law. Only cloth Shma Yisrael, not Duchtemis. It sounds like Duchtemis can't be used to Pilin, because has a bigger measurement. No. Duchtemis is a different type of material altogether, it sounds like. Yes. But we know it's different. Rob was saying it's the same halachot. Size, that you can write the whole things. But now we're saying, what do you mean? It sounds like the mission that the cloth you can write the is not Tuchtemis. Or it says, no. The mitzvah, when we tell you you're supposed to write cloth for Tiflin, we're telling you the mitzvah, the better mitzvah is to write it with, with, uh, cloth. With cloth. But you could also be, you'll say, with Tuchtemis. Tashma, that's the question. It says, Halachal, Moshe Misinai, Tefillin ala klaf, umuzal duchtemis. Halachal moshen tefillin should be on klaf, and muzal should be on duchtemis. Klaf mukom basad. When you write on the klaf, you're writing on the so, the side of the skin that faces the basar of the animal. Right, the skin has two sides: one that faces inside, one that faces outside. When you write it on the klaf, you're writing on the inside of the of the skin. Duchtemis b'mukom siad. When you write on the duchtemis. You're writing on the side of the cloth 
which is on the hair side of the animal, not the not the basar side of the animal. The outside. But you see that tefillin can only be on cloth and not not mezuzah. I said, no, that's also the mitzvah. When we said it has to be on on tefillin on cloth, that's only mitzvah. You can really you can really write tefillin on duch mistu, duch susti, duch sutis. I have to say it right. Says the Gemara, Ratanya. Here we are to the brayta. Shina pasul. It says in the bright if you change one of these things, you pasul. Sounds like you can't write it on duch sutis. I said, no, that's a mitzvah. That means that's referring that you can't write a mezuzah on cloth, but you're allowed to write a tefillin on duchsasis. But then I didn't want to write that. She pasul. Says that if you change by either one, you pasul. Sounds like you can't change either one. Mars says no. Idi be idi on mezuzah. But I think it's been a cloth for the conversation. It's telling you that the mezuzah is no good if you wrote it on the cloth. The cloth Either is more hadur, no? The hair. Or if you wrote on duchsasis, on the side of the basar, it's no good. Which means it's referring to each using each one the wrong way. That's one answer to the problem. Again, we're trying to figure out what it means when it says either way it's no good. Ebite aim by another answer. Okay. Shina beze u beze tanaihi. So machloka tanaim. This business that says you can't change either one is machloka tanaim. Tanya, we're going to the Shina beze beze pasul. If you change by either one, meaning if you wrote tefillin on duchsasis or mezuzot on a clap, you're no good, right? allows it in the name of some say Okay. And therefore it's a machokatanaim. You're right, there's one rabbi who says you can't switch, but we're holding that you can't switch in school. Okay. That's therefore Rav is good when he says that they're both they're both allowed. Papa Amar, Rav you wrote on paper or you wrote a matlit on a cloth, it's pasul. A cloth, a gavil, a duchsasis. Kishira, you wrote on duchsasis, or cloth, or gavil, okay. You see that duchsasis is not regular gavil, it's obviously some other material that's in leather. Katva mai. What do you write? Ile mezuzah. If we said you go to all these things on mezuzah, mezuzah, cloth, mi katvinan. Could you write a mezuzah on cloth? Of course not. Ella tefillin. Let's talk about tefillin. So you see the tefillin we write on duchsasis is okay. According to your reason, tefillin agvil biketvinan. Could you write tefillin agvil? Of course not. Ella kitanya ibe sepetora. The bright who says it's all good is on sepetora. Good. And therefore, that can't help Rav. Rav is still stuck. Let's say we have a proof. We said, you have Tivlin that got worn out. Or you have Sefetura that got worn out. You can't make them because it's more, less holy. Right? right? You might think you could cut out the pieces and make them 
Mishen Mordin Mikdusha, Kumunal Kedusha Kala. You can't lower the Kedusha of a Sefer Torah to a lower, lower Kedusha of a Mezuzah. Time of the end Mordin. The reason why you can't do it is because you can't lower it. How Mordin, but if you were allowed to lower it, you could do it. The Ketvina Amai, what can you write on? Must be that you wrote a Duxasis. You see the Tiflin? Can we write on Duxasis? Because we're letting you make Tiflin out of them. So you got a law. The Tiflin cloth was talking about you were, the reason why we wouldn't let it is because you were writing on a cloth. But you can't write a Muzan cloth. Mars says, In, yes, you can. Somebody holds you can write on cloth. But Tanya, we'll see in the writing that the rabbi says you can write to be on cloth. Katvala cloth, which says you wrote on cloth, on the or on matlit, you write on cloth or on paper or on cloth. Pasulat pasul. Rameer would write on cloth. Because it lasts for a long time. And therefore, you're allowed to do it. And our Mishnah could go like Rameer. So it comes out. That you're allowed to write a Mizan cloth because your mayor says you're allowed to do it. It's interesting, guys. We've been talking all along as if it's Asur to write a Mizan cloth. And the first, the first time we ever found the rabbi allowing writing Mizan cloth, which is exactly what we hold. All our businesses are made out of cloth, right? Nobody has Mizan else. Okay. Let's just finish the two dots. Sefer Torah is the most lenient one. Seems like we, they allow Sefer Torah on all three. That's what we said according to one opinion. Yes. Even according to Rav, we want it to be the same thing. Just like Tuxit, you should write a Mizah. Beautiful. So we don't write it that. Tuxit is like Klav. Write it the other way around. That. They're both the same, meaning that you can write on either one. Beautiful. And that's how you're allowed to write it on or cloth, either one. Okay, Rabbi So we had a lot of safrut over here in the middle of Masechet Shabbat. But in, in summary, we are allowing a, a, a writing of a mezuzah on a cloth. All right, guys? Okay. Tomorrow night, guys. 8.30. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.